0: podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not, episode number 41. Hey, thanks for listening today. We're
1: so glad you are turning this podcast on in your earbuds, whatever you may be doing. We are so glad that you're going to get to hear this conversation today that we had with Tracy Zerdin. She's an amazing guest today.
0: Tracy is somebody we got in contact with through another episode person that we interviewed, Tracy Rader, on episode number 26. So if you want to go back and listen to that one as well. Both of these deal with parenting and difficulties in parenting and what do you do when your child doesn't do what you want them to, doesn't do what you've taught them to.
1: And you know, one of the things that Tracy shared that we can relate to so well is that a lot of times in life we're faced with really fearful times it would be easy to be paralyzed by fear so this would apply to all of us no matter what the situation whether it's parenting or anything in life and wow with COVID-19 running through our world right now I think all of us can easily think of things that we may struggle fearing. So what she shares that's so valuable is that she has learned in facing fear to overcome the fear with her faith.
0: What she says is that it's not irrational to be fearful, but for believers, fear is illogical. It's not logical for us to do that because we have a God who is sovereign.
1: So we just loved this conversation. We are so glad you're listening. Please enjoy this conversation on Afraid Not.
2: Well, welcome to Afraid Not Podcast, Tracy. We're so
0: glad you're here with us today.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: We're so excited. We got your information from Tracy Rader, who's another. You can go back and look at that podcast later if you want to. And um, we're excited to hear your story.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I'm always excited to share the story of God's faithfulness to me. One of the stories, because there's always many, right?
2: Oh, I know. Never Would you mm-hmm. let our listeners know a little peek into your life, just a, a short introduction of who you are and your family, and so let us just kind of get a glimpse of your life?
3: Yes, um, I. My husband and I have been married for thirty years, coming June, which is oh, a huge milestone. Wow. I know it's crazy. That's exactly. a crazy number. Thank you. We're originally from Boulder, Colorado, but now we live in Guthrie, America, and we love it here. Um, we have two boys, Isaac and Jake. Isaac is 21 and Jake is 17. And as of Valentine's Day, we now have a full-time two-year-old in our house named Case. So wow. we have another new little guy. Oh, wow. That yeah. is so
2: exciting. Aww. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, it's fun.
0: That's a lot um, going on in your house.
3: It is a lot going on in our house. There's a lot of (laughs) boys here, (laughs) for sure. I know. Um, Professionally, um, I was in the fitness industry. I've been in the chambering world. And uh, most recently, I'm one of the co-founders of a company called Made Possible By, that we help companies save time with their charitable giving, and we make their stories of good loud. So it's kind of a fun new adventure, and my favorite thing to do is to be in the middle of a body of water on my paddleboard. That's my own little happy place. So, yeah.
2: How cool. Where do you go to
3: paddleboard? any place that there's water that they'll let me go (laughs) I take it it's always in the back of my car and I've taken it all over the country Uh, my husband would not let me get on it in Florida because of alligators which I think was wise but I was a little sad (laughs) but it's my own little private island so yeah
0: that's awesome
3: Yeah, it's. I grab a book and go paddle to the middle of nowhere, and I kind of made a little anchor, and I just find a little spot and have some time with me. So cool. Yeah.
2: Well, we are really grateful that you are willing to share your story today with us, and we would love for you to begin um, at a place that you feel would kind of help us just kind of grasp you can go back as far as you want and then just weave it as as you just let us hear about God's faithfulness in the midst of the frayed knot of you know the life that every one of us have different times of being frayed and and that's what this podcast is about that we're learning to trust him at all times and praise him no matter what so we'll just we'd love to hear what you have to share
3: okay thank you Um, Yeah, fear has been a companion of mine. (laughs) I I say that um, fear uh, and faith can coexist. It's just you can't choose to live in it. Um, But fear really, I wouldn't say got a hold of me, but, well, yes, I would say completely got a hold of me um, early on in parenting. Um, Our oldest son, Isaac, um, he's crazy intelligent. He's super smart. Um, he's extremely generous. If you came to our home, even as a young child, he was going to send you home with something. <laughs> um, super sweet. Um, I had a season of health issues when he was about eight. And anytime I was home from the hospital, he was committed to sleeping on the floor next to me in his little sleeping bag. I mean, he's super sweet, very compassionate. But he doesn't always see things um, I guess, as you would say, normally, like he doesn't put cause and effect together and he's not naturally inclined to respect authority Um, to the degree that when he was five, we began um, seeking professional help, um, trying to get some guidance for him. Um, One of the therapists that we visited had a playroom where she would sit behind a, a window and watch us interact with him in the playroom. And... Um, After the first visit where he picked up a lightsaber and attacked me, she came out and just said, wow, your life is hard. Mm. Wow. it It was heartbreaking to watch because you could tell that he mostly wanted to do what was right. It was just so hard for him to choose it. Uh, we lovingly dubbed him the insecure porcupine because <laughs> he desperately needed our love and acceptance, but you had to know that you were going to get hurt in giving it. Hmm. Uh, when he was, I want to say, six, maybe seven, he once had a full-on fit that involved him throwing furniture and coming at me with a knife. Well,
0: that's um cool yeah did they ever do a diagnosis of anything or they just or they don't know
3: yeah well, he saw one new specialist from the time of five until I would say sixteen and at least once a year, and so mm-hmm. he's had every diagnosis under the sun okay, yeah, so it just depends uh always on the Asperger scale, you know everything from bipolar to manic depressed, i mean all sorts of different things um unfortunately church wasn't always the most accepting place either um I once went up t- to pick him up from a kids event and the teacher pulled him out of the classroom by his arm and pointed at him and said fix it and walked away oh no, no that's no. too bad It's hard. I mean, I get it. I mean, we didn't know how to handle it, so it's super hard for them to handle it. But, you know, when I just need an hour away and I don't and I can't count on getting that even at church, you know, it's just was really heartbreaking. Um, But he saw different doctors, therapists, um, blood work. We did a brain scan doctor who said that living in Isaac's head is like being at a rock concert 24-7 with strobe lights on, that his brain is just firing at a completely different level.
2: That really, that really strikes a chord with me because if I were in a situation like that, the strobe lights and the very loud music and all of the chaos, I would feel very, I don't know, I just would feel unsafe. I would want to shut down. Mm-hmm. And that's what he deals with all the time or what mm-hmm. he is sensing all the time that really gives me a lot of empathy for what he's going through
3: yeah for sure just the anxiety and yeah for sure um, he was 10 when we found a noose hung from his bunk bed oh my goodness mm-hmm. and that's that was a season of fear in my life that Um, For some, fear could be a paralyzer, um, but for me, it's a frantic driver. Um, I was just stuck in thoughts of, I have got to help him. What could we do? Someone has to answer, have an answer. You know, you read more books. I mean, we read every book, oh my gosh, on parenting, on boys, on anything that would give us help. But it basically, it just didn't fit him. You know, he was just a different person and we just couldn't ever leave him alone because you just never knew um what could happen um i was i was listening to a francis chan podcast uh, around that time i can't tell you how many times i've listened to that same podcast because it it, during that season and i've gone back to it but he shared a song that his daughter had written the, the night before called even here and the chorus it says I know your pain I hear your cry and I have been there too and I promise not to leave you soon you will see what I can see child keep your eyes on me you're right where you should be don't fear anything because I am here and even here I can bring you joy here I can bring you joy and that just met me right where I was because even in that moment of yes you're never going to get a break Yes, it's complete chaos. You cannot take your eyes off of him for a moment, but here I can meet you.
0: That's beautiful. We, we can link that poem into our show notes, too, so that people can have it.
3: Yeah, that's a great song. She has. She's out there. I can't fr- think of her first name. He calls her Channa Montana, but I can't think of what her <laughs> actual actual first name is. Um, we, so, do you know
0: what is, podcast of Princess it was? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Robin. Uh, we'll just make sure to
2: find out and put that link in our show notes.
3: Yeah, the song's called "Even Here," and he he was teaching at I want to say it was Cornerstone, and it was a uh, lesson on twenty three. Okay, awesome. Um, so he continued to get bigger uh, and stronger. He was six feet in no t- in no time at all, um, and when he turned fourteen. It was just starting to get scarier, and things hadn't changed. And we'd seen all the different therapists, all the specialists, and nothing was making any difference. So we chose to sell our home in order to pay to send him to a therapeutic boy's home. Uh, We just felt like this was our last hope. Yeah, I mean, when you get to the end of that, I mean, this— there's nothing that you wouldn't do to help your child. I mean, you just flat out wouldn't. And, Absolutely. you know, a house, a house is just a house, um, you know, so you just do what you have to do. We weren't allowed to speak to him for six months. And this completely broke me. I was so stuck in hopelessness. Um, there were days where I was barely functioning uh, this is when I came to understand the term passively suicidal. Mm. I wasn't going to take any action, but if I happened to die, I was cool with it. Because I felt like I completely failed him. Nothing I did made any difference. So why would I keep trying?
0: So talk a little bit about passive suicidal. What, is, what Just like you just didn't care what happened? Is that what that meant?
3: I didn't care what happened to me because I felt like, I had failed him. I mean, I had tried everything that I could possibly think of. We'd done all the doctors, all the therapists, read the books, you know, I mean, prayed countless hours. I was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, what else could we possibly change? And it it didn't make any difference. And so I felt like maybe he would be better without me. Mm -hmm. Um, But God completely met me in this moment. Uh, Romans 8, 15 and 16 says this resurrection life that you've received from God is not a timid, grave tending life. It's an adventurously expectant greeting God with a child like what's next, Papa. Hmm. And that totally struck me because, um, you know, suicidal is about death and he's talking about grave tending, you know. And when you're grave tending, you're looking down in the dirt um, you're not looking up you're just stuck in the muck stuck in the dirt and griving, digging this hole of hopelessness and so i instead i was able to turn because of jesus and just turn to him and say okay what's next papa expectantly you know i'm sure some days i was like oh my gosh what's next papa you know but yeah. i i would choose to be like okay okay we can do this um The therapeutic home that he was in had seven different levels that each boy had to reach in order to complete to graduate, and most boys did it between 12 and 18 months. Um, After Isaac being there for 18 months, they invented a half level for him because he still wasn't connecting the dots. And at this point, we had completely run out of funds, and he had to come home. Um. In some ways, it was wonderful to have him home. It just it filled my heart with so much joy just to get to see him every day and hug him every day and talk to him every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't take long for the old behavior to return. Uh, he had been stealing cash from us for years, but now he began taking our credit cards and our vehicles, and we had to start locking everything in the safe. And then he figured out how to break into that too. Uh, The first time I called the police to our home was when he was 16, and he tried choking me out because we got into an argument about how I was preparing dinner. I was um, baking a chicken dish, and he wanted it to be grilled, and he completely freaked out and threw me against the door and started choking me out.
0: Oh, Oh, wow. Was it just the two of you at the house?
3: My husband was outside, thankfully. Thankfully. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, after yeah, that, he was a
2: mom and I just think, oh my goodness, what I'm sure you felt like, what do I do?"
3: Yeah, that's wow. exact. That's exactly right. I mean, you just never knew what was going to set him off. I mean, baked chicken instead of grilled chicken. That was it, you know, mm. but he, he wasn't getting what he wanted and it just snapped. Um, after that, he started running away often. Um, he would be gone for days, and we'd be out there trying to find him. We couldn't find him. we talked to his friends, have no idea. And then he would come back at night, sneak back at night, to steal from us and the neighbors. Um, one particular night when he um, came back to the house, we knew that we had to stop this behavior. Um, he came home like it was a normal thing, like he just wanted to come in the house and get a few things and leave. And and this is like the third night in a row that he'd come in and or stolen something from the garage or whatever. And so my husband, I just, this is one of those most horrible moments in your life, but it was one of the sweetest memories I have of my husband because he pulled Isaac to the ground and he laid on him to hold him down. And I don't know what possessed me to video this, but I was videoing it. Um, it was pretty dark because it was nighttime, but you can't see it really much. But you can hear my husband just lovingly talking to him, just calmly. You hear Isaac screaming, cursing, yelling, completely freaking out because he realizes that the police are on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Isaac had picked up a rock the size of a softball and was repeatedly hitting my husband in the head oh. while my while my husband is just talking to him. You never hear my husband raise his voice. You never hear him change his tone. I mean, Isaac was biting him on the arm, scratching him, just doing everything. But my husband was so calm in that moment and just speaking love over him. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's it's one of those... That you just think you're an amazing man and I'm so blessed to have you in my life because oh my gosh I mean just to keep your head level in a moment of someone's attacking you that's just that's Jesus right um from that point on Isaac was in and out of many juvenile detention centers or mental health centers um as best I can remember because it's a huge blur it was around six um like I said, he's very smart, and he would figure out the best way to get kicked out of the facility. Even detention centers, he would figure out how to get kicked out. Um, I, I asked one facility as he was getting kicked out, and they would call us and say, you have to come pick him up. It's like, well, he just assaulted us. Well, you still have to come pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked this woman, I said, what? What suggestions do you have? Where do we go? What do we do? And she looked me right in the eye and says, this is what the penal system is for. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. So where do you go when the juvenile detention centers are telling you there's nothing we can do? Um, and this is where God met me with the book of Isaiah. I cannot tell you, Isaiah 40 and 41 are home to me. I've spent so much time um during this time, I um, had taken a, a job that was 40 minutes away, and I would listen to the audio version of this. Um, I read the message version because I feel like it just it just speaks to me. And I tell you, if I heard that man's voice on the street, I would recognize it <laughs> because mm. I listened to this so much. Um, but And I love to put my name in scripture because that just makes it more personable for me. Um, Isaiah 40 says, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak softly and tenderly to Tracy. Why would you ever complain, Tracy, or whine, baby girl, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's the creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything, inside and out or Isaiah 41 he says I've picked you I haven't dropped you don't panic Tracy I am with you there's no need to fear for I am your God I will give you strength I will help you I will hold you steady I will keep a firm grip on you I your God have a firm grip on you and I'm not letting go I'm telling you don't panic Tracy I am right here to help you and that I love how he repeats I have a firm grip on you that spoke volumes to me because I just felt at a loss. I felt like, what do I do? What do I do? But knowing that God is with me was huge. So
2: beautiful. And you're right. Putting your name in the scripture is mm. so personal and hearing mm-hmm. that those are God's thoughts and words for you. Mm-hmm. Really
0: beautiful.
3: Absolutely. Um, the next time he came home, he didn't stay for very long because at this point he's 18. And he would rather be homeless than live by our rules, which at this point were don't steal and no violence. Um, I would see him around town. We live in a small town. And he would hang out in front of the library to use their Wi-Fi. And he'd be dirty and gross and just hanging with his friends. And I would walk over there and say, do you want to come home? And he would say no. So, And he was always pretty sweet you know hey mom how's it going you know like it was just a normal thing to be homeless and live on the street so I'd go buy him some food and tell him that I love him tell him he has what it takes and just pray that he would make better choices
0: Um, I can't even imagine knowing that your kid is just on the street and you can't do anything that's that's heartbreaking
3: Yeah, at at the time I was working in City Hall and there was a public restroom across the street from City Hall that was heated and the police would find him in there quite a bit at night because it was warm and they would kick him out across the street from my office. And thankfully, I'm sure that there's some people out there that think that I'm this horrible parent, which, you know, okay, whatever, go ahead. But thankfully, the police knew me and knew the situation, and, and several of them would say, hey, I saw Isaac today. I told them that you loved him. You know, I mean, they were always, I know, it was so sweet. They were always just kind and, you know, you should go home. Or the best to me was when they would say, hey, I saw Isaac today, and I told them that um, you love him and that you're important to him and that you have a great mom. And that to me was just just Jesus speaking to me, you know, and somebody who yeah. doesn't really know me. I mean, they kind of know me, but they're still just speaking kindness to me and not judgment because trust me, through the right. years and of speaking him, kindness
2: being,
3: to yes, exactly, exactly. That they weren't, you know, being hateful to him, you know, they're still being kind to him. But, you know, we, we've we had plenty of judgment through the years. So it I, was just I'm kind either.
2: Crazy! I also wonder with all of these experiences that you've gone through, has it just made you so empathetic and compassionate for young moms that oh. are maybe in a store with a toddler throwing a tantrum or something like that?
3: Absolutely. It is my absolute favorite thing to do. Well, I'm all about... Um, Uh, redemption and, um, freeing people from lies. That's one of my favorite things just to talk about truth and getting, uh, people to believe truth about themselves. But I love going up to the store, uh, going into the store and seeing a mom struggling and just walk up and saying, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, you know, or walk up to a little girl who's throwing a fit and just say, you know what? Your mom loves you. You're so lucky how much your mom loves you or just to speak any sort of truth to them because i get those moments
0: it's a good reminder for all of us
3: it is and because we've all been there right i mean who (laughs) who hasn't been at the store with the screaming toddler
0: (laughs) i certainly have right yeah
3: i have been there Yes, I, I walked into Target when Isaac was probably five or six and he was mad at me about something. And we walked right in the entryway and he screams at the top of his lungs that I hate you. I hate you at the top of his lungs. And he just, he, I just remember turning around and walking out and going, I can't deal with this. I just can't deal with this. So I, I, get, the, I get those mom moments. Um, shortly before he was arrested again, and this time he's arrested as an adult, uh, we found out that his teenage girlfriend was pregnant. Mm. Um,
2: that's that's an emotional roller
3: coaster right there. It is because you just, I mean, clearly he's in no position to be a parent, um, and this is just some sweet young little girl who, you know, she's not ready either, and it just brings a whole new level of fear, a whole new fear. Um, God met me in that moment with Zephaniah 317, just said, don't be afraid, dear Tracy, don't despair. Your God is present among you, a strong warrior there to save you. He will calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. And I, I just love that calming, 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 you know. I mean, not that I i'm not a song person but i love that he would even think i'll just sing a song to you and you'll feel better Mm. it just makes it personable Yeah. yeah it does um isaac shared with me a story um while i think it was when he got out of jail after this next time it's hard to keep track of when he's in jail and when he's out but he was at a AA meeting, which was huge that he chose to do that, to go to one of those meetings. And he said that they posed the question, if you were stuck on the top of Mount Everest, do you have someone who would rescue you? And he said that my mom would already be strapping on her hiking boots and hiking up that hill.
2: I love that. And that's such a great picture of how he sees you. His mom's
3: yes. ready to come to his rescue. He can get there. She's gonna get there. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that he, he be, even be believed that. You know, I mean, because sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of times where he's been so mad, where he just is angry, and no matter what he's mad at, it would typically come out at me, um, even if even if I wasn't the one at fault. But just that somewhere in the back of his brain, that he knows that I love him. Right. Um. I wish I could tell you that he's doing great and that he's out of jail and make fully functioning. Um, but he recently called me, actually called me on my birthday to tell me that he'd been arrested again under new charges this time. It wasn't something old that crept up on him. This is new. Hmm. Um, but Jesus continues to meet me in these moments. Um, John 3, excuse me, John sixteen thirty three says, I've told you all this so that in trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured and deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So I think through this, I've just realized that fear isn't irrational. Because, you know, this world's a scary place and we're women full of emotions, right? I mean, (laughs) we can change our our emotions in a split second. Um, Mm -hmm. But for those who know Jesus, fear is illogical. If we are truly resting in Him, it's not irrational. It's normal to have that in that moment. But to stay in that and live in that, it's illogical. Because if we understand His heart for us, it gives us the strength to take the next step.
2: Well, that's good. <laughs> that's a really yeah. good thing to hear that today, especially yeah. in the midst of our global pandemic that we're in. That's a great word for every one of us to
3: remember today. Absolutely. I mean, fear can just be a trap. It can be a, like for me, a frantic driver. It can be a paralyzer, but we just, it needs to be a red flag. You know, because it's normal, we're gonna feel it, but we just can't camp out there. You just have to right. make that choice. And that's where having these verses with your name in it ready to go to fight that battle, you know, to stand up and say, I'm not gonna choose to live in this, I'm gonna choose to move forward. So now that I have Isaac's son, the little two year old that's in our home, you know, I can start looking down the road. And being like, oh, my gosh, I was almost an empty nester. I was almost to the place where, you know, we were done. And now we're starting over. But if I choose to stay in today, because fear is tomorrow, you know, fear is tomorrow. Right. If I can live in today, that's okay. I can do that because God's going to give me what I need to do today and choose right. to not, not focus down the road on what ifs. Because I can't control any of it anyways.
0: Right. <laughs> And it's usually things that may or may not happen. So we're kind of borrowing fear or trouble from tomorrow because we don't know if that will be there or not.
3: Absolutely. And we're just wasting precious brain energy, you know, and and emotional energy. And it's just, it's a waste of time. You know,
2: something that I'm hearing in your testimony is that we don't have to wait until there's a nice neat ending to the story with a bow tied on top uh, now it's all worked out, so now I can trust the Lord. Instead, mm-hmm. it's just the opposite—that we really have the opportunity to trust God the most, while it's still not the nice, neat ending that we're hoping and praying for. Even yeah. if you don't get that ending on this world, in this world, we will still learn to trust Him, and He will meet us where we are in the mess He
3: meets Ex- us. Yes, exactly. I've kind of had to just change my expectations. You know, when you have this little baby, you just have these dreams for their lives and what that's going to look like. And, you know, I I mean, I would love to have a fully functioning child. But the bottom line is my son knows that I love him and he knows that God loves him. And if that's all I ever get, that's okay. That's okay because, you know, God wasn't isn't surprised by Isaac's brain. You know, he formed him. He knew exactly what his brain was going to be wired like. He knew exactly the struggles that he was going to have. But Mm -hmm. also, Isaac's story isn't over yet. You know, I have no idea what's going to happen down the road. I mean, he has a platform for a crazy, crazy story that could reach thousands and thousands of people. Um. But again, really? I can't, I can't own that. I can't own that. And like, can
0: I ask you, you go ahead. Um, oh, can I, what, I was just curious, what is this like for your other son? Did this have any effect on him?
3: Yes, yes. Um, Jakers, he's so sweet. He, um, he's always kind of been the older brother, you know, even though he's four years younger, he's super mature. Um, he feels like he's more of a, Dad to Case Isaac's son than you know than Isaac is he's clearly spent way more time with him. Um, I think that it's made him jaded in a sense. Um, that is something that I pray for Jakers that he would not be embittered against his brother or the struggles that he's had to deal with. I mean, he was at the house when the police came over and over. You know, he was at right. the house when my son is attacking us. Um, you know, so I'm I'm sure he has some PTSD in there somewhere, um, but again, God chose that to be part of Jake's story too. You know, so I don't know how God's going to use that in Jake's life, but I know that He will. I know that He's. I would hope that He would be compassionate for people who are wired differently, um, but that's yet to be seen. Yet to be seen.
0: Yeah.
2: I hear in your, in the story, how you have seen God's hand, um, that, you know, you, you just said a moment ago, it doesn't surprise God to know that the, the way that my child was made is he has these struggles in his brain. This isn't a surprise for God. He is sovereign over everything. And for all of us that deal with anything from parenting struggles to, uh, Struggles at work or um, things that we have, limitations that we have to go through. We, it's kind of, it's a comforting thing to remember that, that God is not taken by surprise. That mm-hmm. he has somehow in his mysterious way, he uses our pain to turn things into beauty. It's just, you know, he talks about that in his word. Um, he mm-hmm. turns ashes into beautiful things. So yes. it's his mysterious way that. We, we have to just turn everything over to you and it sounds like you really have done that I just hear the peace in your voice I hear how you're trusting them it's really beautiful
3: yeah why 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 was a trap for me for a long time because we want to know why why is this happening to me why is this happening to him why would you make him this way um sure. but uh I'll share one more verse in John nine, um, one through four, Jesus is walking down the street with his disciples and they see a man who is blind at birth and his disciples ask him, they say, rabbi who sinned this man or his parents causing him to be blind. And Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. And that to me is precious because, yes, He's going to put hard things into your life, but look for what God can do with it. He's the God of divine reversals. I mean, He can have a donkey talk, you know. I mean, he, I mean, goodness, what cool things. I would love to be part of somebody's story of a miraculous reversal. You know, for um, hearing Isaac's story or Isaac being able to tell his story and do that and just to be able to look and see what God can do.
0: We have a lady in our church that will say, um, if God can use a donkey, he can use me.
3: Amen.
2: <laughs> Cause, They're made. We love her. Yes. Because
3: yeah. some, sometimes you feel like a donkey, right? I mean, we're stubborn. <laughs> right. We dig our feet in. Sometimes we just sound like that, you know. I mean, <laughs> it just, yes, yes, exactly.
2: Tracy, what are some things that have helped you and your husband as you've gone through these roller coaster hills, ups and downs? Hmm.
3: Yeah, I would say that our. Marriage, uh, this was a huge challenge because. Yeah, because this can undo a marriage fast. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if we didn't every day, both of us, spending time with Jesus, being in His Word every day, there's no way we would have survived this. Absolutely no way we would have survived this. Um, we are two different people. We see things very differently. <laughs> um, so we weren't always in agreement. Very often we were in disagreement on how to handle the situation. Um, we, we saw therapists ourselves. Um, we've been in and out of marriage counseling our entire lives. And I see marriage counseling just like taking my car to the shop. I would not go for thirty years without taking my car to the shop because it needs regular right. maintenance. This um, is a
2: great comparison.
3: I think we should use it yeah, yeah. on Afraid Not all the time. That is Oh true my true. goodness. Yes. Absolutely. You you have to take care of it. You have to um change the oil you have to check the fluids you know then you have to do bigger things once a year you know we try to go away once a year and just get a game plan even if it was for overnight when we bribe someone to stay with our children um but just being on the same page and and date nights date nights you got to get away and have the rule we're not talking about our kids tonight we're not going to do right. that. We're going to get away, and maybe we wouldn't even talk. Maybe we would just go to the movies and escape reality. Because when you are in the middle of hell for years, sometimes you just need to go be an avenger for an hour. You know, I mean, <laughs> <Right>. or, <laughs> seriously, go live somebody else's life for a little while. Yeah, And <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But you, you just have to. Oh, you just have to walk with Jesus and decide we're going to do this together. We may not see it the same way. And that's where, you know, having a marriage counselor or whatever you want to call it, a third party person to help you find that middle ground. Um, because, like I said, we're, we see things very differently, but mm-hmm. we both love we both love that kid and we're committed to him.
0: Absolutely. Mm hmm.
2: I feel that something that's so rich about this conversation that we've been sharing is how many times you have found scriptures all through this journey that have been your pillars. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's the biggest takeaway for me out of Mm -hmm. what we're sharing today, that the way to make it through the journey that we're walking is to cling tightly to God's Word and to listen to what He says to us about Himself, and about all these things we're going through in the church, I just thank you for that. Thank you for sharing from your heart and encouraging us and all of our listeners who may be feeling like, "Oh my goodness, I'm not the only one." So this has been a very, very important
3: conversation. I just
0: yeah, and you. I'm so thankful for your honesty and your
3: authenticity. Oh, well, thank you. There's, you know, when you when you have a crappy season of life there's not much covering that up so you know and if, and if it can help somebody else I'm all for that and if anybody wants to reach out to me on social media or um, if I could encourage anyone in any way please reach out to me I'd, I'd love to I have a list every time I talk about this um, I have a list of I call them strong moms and I just add names to the list and I pray for them every morning I don't know who they are I, I mean I don't remember them all, but I have their name on there, and Jesus knows exactly who they are. And I'm more than happy to add your name to my list to pray for you every day because you can make it. You can do it.
0: And we can put your email address in our show notes so that if somebody does want to reach out to you, or we can put your social media info in there too. So if somebody wants to message you, they can do that. Absolutely. Do you have any final words or like words of advice for moms in general or for moms that are, that have a troubled adolescent or
3: child? Yeah. I, I, whether here's, here's a, yes. If you are a mom and you have easy kids, thank Jesus for that because trust me, it's not anything that you've done. That's a gift. I mean, yes, I'm sure that you're a great mom and you do great things. But there are moms out there who have really difficult kids that are doing the same things and it's not making a difference. So thank Jesus that you have easy kids and love on the moms who don't. And don't be free to give advice if they ask you, you know, hey, can you help me with this? Please do. But just love them. Just love them, but any mom out there, you have got to be in God's Word every day, even if you take five minutes to open up the You Version app or um, Jesus Calling. To me, oh my gosh, Jesus Calling is so good! So good. Mm-hmm. Get that book, it's a daily thing, it'll take you 15 minutes. But find that time for you to connect with Jesus because if you're not plugged into that, I don't know how you will survive.
0: Yeah. I think that's just such a good, important reminder to moms everywhere, because we do tend to judge other people, whether we mean to or not, and think, mm-hmm. oh, I would Which, you know, before you have kids even, I remember seeing kids in a restaurant under the tables, and my kids would never. And then I had a two-year-old, and that totally changed <laughs> that. So <laughs> we have a tendency to think that it's something we're doing, or they would just do this or that, and that's just not the truth.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. I mean, it's kids are hard. Life is messy, mm-hmm. and we we try to cover that up and hide it. But let's just be real. It's hard. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like this has had this conversation has been filled with treasures, <laughs> like a treasure chest. Um, we we're just so thankful for you, Tracy, for your honesty and your authenticity and your willingness to let God use your story. We really appreciate you and your time
3: today. Well, thank you for having me. This is the first time I've gotten through it without bawling, which is probably a good thing because it'd be hard on a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I've come to tears many times through this conversation, so it's Uh, it's fine.
3: Tears are real things That's right. That's right. We're going to be real.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep on keeping on, Tracy, and just... Just know that you have been an encouragement to us today, to our listeners today, and that we are, I want to tell you what you've been telling those moms at Target, that you are a great mom and that God is using you, and you're a blessing. Oh, thank
3: you. (laughs) Now you're making me cry. (laughs) Thank you.
2: I wish we could hug, but we're doing the social distancing recording. That's right. That's right. I'm hugging you in my
0: mind.
3: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate those words. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing, and this is going to touch a lot of people.
3: Uh, I hope so. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Wasn't Tracy's story so moving? I hope that you were inspired and encouraged by her. And also, on a side note, we appreciate Tracy dealing with us and all of you listeners dealing with all of the random sound echoes that are in the the recording. We're in the process of mastering how to do this from a social distance stand. And so thank you for listening
0: and bearing with us with all of those little echo odd things. Um, One of the things she talked about that I'm going to start practicing that I thought was great was putting your own name into Scripture it it makes it more personal because it is personal and it just becomes more between you and God
1: and something that meant a lot to me today was the amount of Scripture that Tracy referred to that she's been standing on the, the promises of God she talked about Isaiah 40 that she says, you know, don't cry anymore, I'm going to be with you. And Isaiah 41, about how I took you from the ends of the earth, I chose you, I'm with you, don't fear, don't be dismayed, I'm your God. She talked about Zephaniah 3.17, that our Father delights in us and sings over us. And that He's overcome the world in John 16.33 and in John 9, 1 through 4 she talks about she found strength to look for what God can do. She just uses Scripture as her fighting tool against all the things that are going in her life that are, that are hard. And that is something that we can all do, no matter where we are. The Scripture
0: and the Word of God is, is our sword of the Spirit. And we'll put those verses into the show notes, along with the poem by Rachel Chan that she mentioned. So we'll have all of that there. And just remember, if you enjoy this podcast, to go on and rate and review and subscribe. That kind of helps other people to find us. And we thank you so much. And we'll see you again in a few weeks. Two weeks.
1: Yeah. That's right. Two weeks. Every other Friday. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Bye.